Well, it's, it's Father's Day, and um, my, I, now I don't know if I'm the only one who experiences this, but uh, any, any guys in the room that you just think dad jokes are just like the funniest thing in the world, okay? Or uh, moms, or anybody else, if you want, wave your hand. Okay, so at our house, I'm the only one who think they're funny. Like, they actually just laugh at me laughing at the jokes. That is how that works. So I wanted to share just a couple with you, because I know TJ would get a kick out of these this morning, and maybe somebody else in the room would. You know, but why, why are books about anti-gravity the best? Does anybody know that? You know why? Because they're just impossible to put down. I know, they're bad. That one, I, that one, that one, that one was a little bit rough, okay? All right, all right. Uh, how about this? Um, uh, how did Mary uh, decide to get the tissue to dance? Does anybody know? She just put a little bit of a boogie in it, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you go, ah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, if you got little kids, that's a, that's a great little kid one. If you got a little kid one, they'll think that's the funniest thing. And then they're going to show you how it's done after that. So just be warned, okay? They're going to show you how all that happens. What about, how about this one here? Uh, this is for, for all the dads uh, that have decided to, because to, we're seeing a, a little bit of this happen. You know, why did dad uh, take so long to decide on a haircut? You know why? Because he had to mull it over. Yeah, because come on, the mullets are coming back. Some of you, some of you are rocking the mullets, okay? So uh, you got the mullet. We got uh, all sorts of, you know, hairstyles that I thought were long dead. They are, they've been r- resurrected, praise the Lord. So uh, it's, been, it's been good. But uh, yeah, so listen, Father's Day, uh, by the way, it's a requirement, okay? It's absolutely a requirement if uh, you're around a dad today and he tells a bad dad joke, you have to laugh. Okay, that's a requirement today. It's an unwritten law, uh, but, uh, but you got to make sure that you do it, but uh, it's going to be good. So here's what I, I want to ask you guys really quickly today. Uh, how about this? Ha, does anyone, you know, and, and you can, like, give me the full-fledged, like, yeah, this is me, or you could even give me the, like, yeah, th- that's kind of me on this question, this next question here. How many of you would probably kind of try to describe yourself as a mature-ish Okay, we'll, 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 we'll emphasize the ish, okay? A mature-ish Christian. Anybody want to say you think you're kind of like, yeah, I, I feel a couple. Say so nobody's brave enough. None of you are like, yeah, Pastor Curtis, I'm mature because I know you're going to get me if I say it. No, actually, I'm not. No, no, but uh, it is a little bit of a trick question on, uh, to this morning. But uh, listen, I, I know uh, that I've kind of come to the conclusion after being in church and being around a lot of Christians for a long time that something happens to us uh, in, in church. And maybe this is why maybe if you've been in church for a little bit, you left the church for a point in time because you've seen some of this. Because uh, sometimes uh, we have this habit, especially as, as people and as people who are part of something, especially if it's part of the church, we've been following the Lord for a while. Once we start kind of doing it, all of a sudden we kind of think, that we've made it. Like, we kind of get to a point where we're like, yeah. And then you'd be like, but if somebody wants to say, but, but, Pastor, I've been saved, I've been sanctified, and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? Now, y'all don't know. That's old school, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but that's what we would, we would say back in the day, right? That, that, that the Lord, I, I'm just trying every day to make it, make it through the journey, you know what I mean? We would, we would have these moments. And I would want to tell you today to be careful with that thought expression because guess what? I would guarantee you that if you've ever thought that or ever felt that, ever had like a little bit of a tingling in your pinky toe about it, that guess what? You've really just scratched the surface. You've really just, we, we really, it doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord for a day, a week, 
a year, a month, or 40 or 50 years, that it, we're still scratching the surface. And today I want to read with you, if you've got your Bibles, I want to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 today. It's going to be good. Uh, we're going to see a little bit what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Now, I'm going to go a little old school on you. I normally do the NIV, but we're going to go New King James today. Uh, and, uh, and it's going to be good, I think. Here, here's what it says out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. And he says that, I don't write these things to shame you. This is Paul saying this. He's like, I'm not trying to shame you. He says, but as my beloved children, I want to warn you. Because I, I need to warn you for, though you thought that you've had 10,000 instructors. Okay, in other words, Paul says, you've got a lot of instructors. You've got a lot of teachers in Christ. Yet, yet what happened? You don't have many fathers. And you probably didn't know this, but there is a pretty serious difference between an instructor and a father. He's going to try to point that out. He says, you don't have many fathers in Christ Jesus. I have begotten you through the gospel. And in verse 16, he says, therefore, I urge you to do what? To imitate me. In verse 17, he says, for this reason, I've sent Timothy to you. And you're like, wait a second, Paul. You just said we got to imitate you. Why are you sending Timothy he says, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who's going to remind you of the ways of Christ as I teach everywhere and in every church. Paul is saying here, he says, guess what? You guys have figured out that there's a lot of people who want to tell you how to live your life. If Paul was living today, Paul would say, guess what? There's a lot of self-help books out there. He says, there's a lot of people who's trying to teach you the latest and the coolest and the greatest and the, and, and the way for you to go and do this. But guess what? Uh, you need something a little more than that. You need something a little more than just somebody to kind of like show you the who's, the what's, and the how's. Like you need somebody actually to, to imitate, to live. He says, and, and I'm going to send you Timothy because Timothy basically is me. He says, because Timothy's my son, so I'm going to send Timothy to you so that you can see what it's like to follow me so that you can understand this and so we can go through this. And we see this, look, we see this in our practical and uh, in our physical lives every single day, right? And, and if you look in the mirror, okay, sometimes when you do it day by day, it's hard to tell, right? But you know that you look at a picture of yourself from 10 or 15 years ago and what's happened to you? You've aged. You've changed, right? You once, believe it or not, everyone in this room started out this big, that's pretty crazy to think about, isn't it? But somehow we get from this big to, to, to this big, or some of us are this big. That's okay. We love, we love everybody of every height, right? Uh, and we, we realize this because guess what? We, we grow from a baby, from a child to maturity. So the question I want to challenge all of us with, not just the dads. This is, By the way, this is not just a Father's Day message for the dads. This is for everybody in the whole house. With the question of, is, are, are you growing? Are you growing? And, and you're growing not because you're trying to earn something, but you're growing because you actually want to, because you want to draw close to him. And so here's what it's hard for us to understand, that, that you and I, we really need to grab a hold of the concept that, that our, as we steward the maturity process, okay, the maturity process inside of us does not affect just us like it does my maturity my, my level of maturity does not correlate to just my life in fact it's an eternal consequence that is a ripple effect that can be seen 
in my family, in my community, in the people that I'm close with and connected with. You can see this all the way throughout every, every area of my life. And guess what? If you see it in my life, you're going to see it in your life as well. And so we see that Christians, Christianity, we've, we've really been sold a lie. And, and there's been a lot of great preachers who wanted to kind of kind of tell us because for so long, for so long, uh, uh, so many preachers and teachings uh, that have happened, and so many Christians have had the mindset to say, you know, it, it, it's about, we, we got to pe- see people saved. And let me tell you, at Discover Church, we want to see people saved. But it's so much more than that. Because it's not just fire insurance, okay? Uh, how many of you, 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 you want that fire insurance, don't you? Because uh, somebody maybe told you at one point in time, you need to, you need to get saved, because if not, you're going to go to the pits of hell or there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, you know what I mean? You're like, that sounds horrible. I don't want that. You know what I mean? And so what do we do? We're like, yes, Jesus, save me. I don't want weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds bad. It sounds so bad. And so we've, we've kind of been sold a lie. We've been sold this lie that it's just about fire insurance. It's just about getting to heaven. And heaven is the ultimate reward. Yeah, yeah listen, don't get me wrong. We're, we're all going to get there one day. One way or the other, we're going to get there one way, but, but here, here's the question I have, is, is what did Jesus say? Jesus actually didn't say that it's just about getting to heaven. Jesus says in six, Matthew 6.10, he says he, in, in the Lord's Prayer, we say this in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth as it is in heaven. It's on earth as it is in heaven. He's like, no, 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 uh, Jesus didn't say, Lord, help us just to find you so we can go to heaven and we can die happy, so it'd be good. All, uh, so, so I can smile with a Twinkie in my mouth and make it to heaven. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's not what he says. He also, in, in uh, John 10, 10, in, in the second part there of this verse, he says that I have come that you can have life. Not just so that you can die, but so you have life and that you can have it more abundantly. And he says that all of this, all of these things, right, are based on us growing. All of these things are. It's a fundamental fact. And Paul actually is writing in the Corinth church here. He, he actually is seeing that, the, that in Corinth that they're actually merging. They're merging. The church is having an issue where they're taking and they're seeing what's happening around them in kind of like the secular world. They're seeing everything that's going on around and they're merging it with the gospel and they're merging the values together. And Paul says, no, 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 we can't do that, guys. I need you to do me a favor to help you out. I need you to understand that you need to live like me. Because I'm trying to live like Jesus. He says, I'm being an example, and that's why I'm going to send Timothy to you. And, and so the question this morning that I have for all of us in this place, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, if you're here, is does it stop with you? Are you taking the opportunity to pass your faith on? In recent studies, this is going to kind of surprise some of you. It, 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 doesn't, it, it did surprise me at first until I dwelt a little bit on it. But some studies came out recently among people that are age 65 and older. And they actually found uh, that some, of, some people, like as they get in the latter parts of their lives, they really struggle with depression. And they really struggle with depression because, at, you know, by the time you get there, I don't know if you guys have this opportunity. I know I don't. Uh, I don't really have a lot of time to sit and ponder about life's great thoughts and theories, really, because you have like 7 million things to do every single day, right? So you don't get a lot of time to be like, gee, why, why does cheese have holes in it? You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have these great theories. I know. That's, that's the only thing I come up with off the top of my head. I, it's, <laughs> I know. But 
You don't have a lot of time to do it. But by the time you get to the latter part of your life, you've got a little bit more time and you start realizing because, you know, the end is kind of coming near. You start to worry. The peak of your career has already happened for most part. You know, you've made the most that you'll ever make. And you start looking around, realizing that a lot of the stuff that you invested in, guess what? It wasn't worth it. It's just temporary stuff. It's stuff that we just ran around and we were busy in. But what we have to see here is, is, is Timothy was just a representation of Paul, and he had multiple of these. For us, who is that person? For you, maybe it's a ch- your kid, one of your children, one of your grandchildren. I want to let you know that there's teens in this church that need you. I want to let you know that there's a young couple that needs you as an example And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, that there's somebody on the other side of the timeline that is looking to you as an example. They need you. And Paul doesn't just have Timothy as this. He has Titus. He has uh, John Mark. He has uh, Onesius, who actually, get this, here's the crazy. Paul took this guy in, and you know what? He took him in. He stole from somebody in the church. He stole from somebody in the church, and Paul's like, listen, he, he's like trying to clear the air. He's writing out about this, and, and, and he says, listen, I, I want to let you know that uh, he, he was once, he, he did, like, he's, he's done some bad stuff, all right? Like, I'm not going to try to hide it, but at the same time, guess what? He spent some time with me. He was a help to me, and I've trained him, and I, I'm going to send him back. I've raised him in faith, and here's what I want to read to you uh, real quick here out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're spending a little bit of time there, if you can't tell. Uh, it, this is what... Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, uh, when it talks about building our, the why, how to be wise in building our life, he says that each one's work will become clear. He says, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Now, what Paul is talking about here is he's talking about the fact that there's going to come a point in time when everything, the daily actions of all of us, is going to kind of come to light. Like the Lord is going to take a look at our lives and see what we what we did with them out of this. The daily, the daily grind, it matters. And he says it's going to be re- revealed by fire, and the fire is going to test what each one's work is. He's going to, going to look at us, and it's going to sort us out to let us know if we ran around chasing our tails or if we actually did something that was important because here's our problem, right, is we, we tend to judge success a little too early. We do. But, you know, the interesting thing is that in a 100-meter race or in the Kentucky Derby that just happened not that long ago, isn't it funny? We never give awards out about who was first out of the gate. We don't, we don't give awards out saying, boy, this person did it. You were, you were in first place around turn one. Good job. Here you go. No, no, we, we love to do that, but it, 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 Paul's trying to say, listen, it doesn't matter how you start. It's all about how you finish. It's all about how you finish, and, and I know that I don't want to peak too early. Some of you, you know people that peak too early. You, you, you knew the prom king or queen, and you were like, that's it. You peaked in high school. That's it. It's downhill after this, folks. It's, you're going to have a bald spot by the time you're 27. It's going to be bad. I'm not talking about myself. I was not prom king, okay? All right, I want to let you know that. He says in verse 14, he says in verse 14, if anyone's work which is built on it endures, he's going to receive a reward. And if anyone, uh, anyone's work is burned, then guess what? He will suffer the loss from it because he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. It's all about the test to see what counts in the long term. In the long term, what counts? The lives and the impact that you make 
And by the way, I'm, this is going to step on somebody's toes today. I'm sorry. It's Father's Day. You have to forgive me. It's like a thing. You have to. I'm a dad, so you've got to just forgive me. But guess what? Spiritual maturity is not based upon how long you've been saved. It is not. Some of you know people that have been saved a long time, and they are still that angry 13-year-old screaming a tantrum. Okay? Now, I say that you know that because you also know that some full-grown adults, that they never matured either. We all see that. We all know people that have experienced that. But, but here's, what, here's what I want to say. So how, how do you and I, how do we pour our lives out in to others? And I want to give you just a couple points here uh, to kind of, uh, we can write these down. I want you to ponder on these things because I promise you, if you make these kind of like daily principled thoughts in your life, you're going to live a life worthy of the calling that you and I have. And I think the first one is, is this. We have to give them something to follow. We have to give them something to follow. Listen, if you want your children to follow you, if you want your grandchildren to follow you, if you want your neighbor's kids to follow you, if you want uh, the person that has just got the crazy jacked up life, if you want them to follow you, then guess what? You have to give them something to follow, something worth following. Now, I don't know if you've ever had some people, and I've had some people in my life that are like this, that you you look from afar and you're like, you know what, that's a person to follow. Like, I need to get kind of close to them, and you get close to them, and then guess what happens? The shininess rubbed off. You start to see all the cracks and the crinkles, and you realize that maybe that's not all it cracks up. And see, the problem is, is here, here's what happens to us sometimes. If we're not mature enough to realize, we, we want to throw the whole thing away because we had one person that let us down. But guess what? We have to pr- press on. We have to persevere because spiritual maturity is not based off how long somebody's been saved. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, actually Paul says this again. He says, I need you to imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I don't know if you've ever had little kids, little kids when they copy us, like they mimic what you say and what you do, especially when they're young. That can be the coolest and scariest thing all at the same time because I dare you to slip up. They're going to catch that word, and they're going to use it at the most inopportune time. It's going to be awesome, right? I heard two, I had a couple stories, though, about a kid, and, and this is uh, 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 some parents that had some kids repeating what they were doing and stuff. Uh, a kid told the mom, uh, kept telling the mom, good job, and gave her a high five every time she came out of the bathroom because that's what she did for him. High five, mom. Great job. Good job in there. You did it. Come on. How about the dad who every Every day made sure that he complimented his wife on the meal. Sweetheart, this meal was so great. It didn't matter how good or how bad it was. And so the kid sees this, and the kid actually starts complimenting mom on the meal before they ever actually eat the meal. So she says, mom, great meal, and then spit it all out and be like, oh, great meal, mom, great meal. Are we living a life worth copying? Are we living a life worth copying? How about this? First Corinthians, Paul says this. This is also, the, I, I tell you a lot of times about scriptures that aren't on plaques at Hobby Lobby. This is one of those scriptures. It's never on a plaque. It's one we really don't like to talk about in the church because it's too real for most of us. Paul actually decides to point out 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. He says, you've got to be careful how you live because you've got to make sure that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block for the weak. Man, that hurts. That hurts. He says, then after this, he says, for if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge, in other words, they see you, they looked up to you, they thought you were something special, and they see you eating in an idol's temple. In other words, they see you doing something that they thought they weren't supposed to. 
and then all of a sudden you are, won't that person be emboldened to eat and sacrifice what's sacrificed to idols? Because here's the problem that we all have, and I have this problem too, is, man, I, anybody hard-headed? Any hard-headed people in here that are willing to admit you're hard-headed? Man, I am a hard-headed joker. My family is like, amen. Yes, he's a hard, I'm a hard-headed joker. But here's what we have to come to the conclusion when we're going to, if we're going to serve Christ, that guess what? It's not about your rights anymore. Man, y'all didn't even know. You didn't want to come to Father's Day Church today. I know, I know, I know you didn't. It's not about our rights. Because guess what? When we sign up for this, it's not about what's necessarily right for me anymore, but it's what's right for other people. It's what's right for the others that are around me. And, and so I can promise you, you will never see here. You're, there's never going to be a picture on, on the, uh, Instagram or on Snapchat. There's never going to be a newspaper article about the pastor getting turned up in the club. Okay, you know why? Because first off, I'm too old for that. Okay? It's too loud. But you're never going to see me do it. You know why? Is it because I can't do it? No, no. I mean, I could. I'm not going to. I could. Because guess what? I want to be someone. I want to be a leader that others are going to look up to. And so here's what it's not about. It, it's, it's not about what I can't control. It's about what I can control. And see, when I signed up to follow Jesus Christ, guess what I did? I surrendered my rights. You don't even know what it's like to surrender your rights, do you? Yes, you do, because if you've ever had a child, when you have a newborn child at home, guess what, parents? You've surrendered your rights to sleep. You've lo- you stopped sleeping. Frank was telling me this morning, they have a little kitten. Say Everybody say, aw. Man, Frank has got a kitten, and he's like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and the thing's meowing and stuff. I'm like, it's like having a newborn baby, isn't it? Like you brought a child home and you didn't know it. You surrendered your rights to do that. You've given the up, you've given the chance away. And you say, but isn't it funny that when it comes to our children, we say that we we say that, oh yes, we know. But then when it comes to the gospel, we say, Pastor, that feels so restrictive. Can't feel restrictive. Because that's where our greatest fulfillment comes from. The second one is this: is this. You have to lead where you have been led. You have to lead where you have been led. And now, look, you know this because you probably had a boss uh, at a job at some point in your life that expected things out of you that that boss was unwilling to do. And what, what is the attitude we have as employees when that happens? Be like, I ain't doing that. Come on, I'm not going to go do that. If you're not going to, you get paid more than I do. Why am I going to do it if you don't do it? Guess what? It happens when it comes to spiritual authority in our lives as well. You cannot lead where you haven't been. I want to let you know that for a long time I struggled with something. Okay, I'm going to have a little, this is like a, I, need, I should have brought a chair up. This is confessions of a pastor moment, okay? All right, can I confess something to you? That like for, the, for a long time I was not a reader, okay? I hated reading. Okay. Now you say, Pastor, you didn't read the Bible. No, no, no. I could, I'd read God's Word. Okay. Like, uh, but that's about the end of it. But like me and Jesus, we're tight. After that, everything else is all right. You know. But I can I tell you that that I had to pray and work for and like and, and so and I'm going to take a minute. Okay. This is not really meant to be a super brag, but a little bit because y'all, I, I'm a little bit proud of myself now that like I'm on record. I've already read more books this year, and and this has been a several year trend for me. I'm on track to read like probably close to 40 some odd books this year, all right? I, I know. I know, really? <laughs> you are like, you're 
Pastor, you're full of it. No, I got a journal and everything. I write everything down. But you know what happens? Is here's what I know. If I'm going to lead you, I can't lead you where I haven't been. I can't take you to places if I'm not willing to go there. So as much as I was not the biggest fan of them, I've developed a love for it. And it's something that is part of my daily routine now. And so guess what? If we're going to lead people, we have to lead them. If we, we can't lead them there if we've not been there. Some of us, we want to be a spiritual mother or a father to somebody, but we've never actually been a spiritual son or daughter. And that is going to be a problem for us. How do we get to where we want to go when we haven't been there? But guess what? That is the reason we have the church. I get people all the time that love to tell me, and this is absolutely true, Pastor, I don't have to be a Christian and come to church. You're right. You don't. You don't at all. But boy, it's lonely. It is lonely because that's why we have the church. We have the church to strengthen each other in marriages, to help support us when we're raising kids and teenagers. If you've ever had teenagers, you need all the help you can get. I got a couple that live at home with me. They're crazy. They're nuts. I'm allowed to say that they're in the room. They're crazy. It's crazy. We have to be, but we have to father and mother them. We have we have to take the opportunity to walk with another. Listen, I, I want to let you know that if you are part of Discover Church, like if you are in my ride or die crew, you have all permission to s- smack my kids, sometimes either physically or metaphorically upside the head. And when they do something stupid and say, What are you doing? She does. She, Miss Chanel, Chanel's in front of us. She'd be like, I will. And she knows I'll do it to her kids too. She's got like a, which one of hers is like a, a grown adult now. It makes no difference to me. You're still my kid. I will, I will snatch a kid. I will not even, I don't even, I don't even play that way. I will, I will, yeah. That's why we have the church. Can I get real for you for just a second though? You know, I, I get to preach and teach to a lot of people. But I only pastor a handful. You know why? Can I be real with you? Because guess what? I can't take the spiritual authority from you for your life. You have to surrender it. And there's so many of us that we are so scared to death. We have to hold on to it at all times. And and by the way, you, you know it. It's never really evident on how well we have submitted to another person until we disagree with them. Because then it's all easy peasy. We're all walking in the same direction, praising the Lord the whole way. It's all good and go. And then all of a sudden I step on your toes a little bit. You're like, oh, I don't like that. The Lord, Lord is calling me to move on. How about this? How about, you, how about this? If we... If we're, if we, if you want to really know, like, if you're, you're, you're submitted or not submitted, you know what a non-submitted person t- sends, tends to say a lot? You know, Pastor, I, I don't see it that way. Or if we want to get real spiritual, the Lord hasn't revealed that to me yet. By the way, I didn't preach last week. This is what happens. Okay. I'm a little turned. I'm a little, I'm a little, a little, I'm a little everywhere today. Guess what? I want you to know that I'm not saying this because I don't have this in my life. Guess what? I have this in my life. I want to let you know that I have pastors that I've placed in my life 
to smack me upside the head if need to be. There's pastors that I meet with and speak with regularly, on, on a, some on a weekly and some on a monthly basis, that I, I allow them the opportunity to speak into me and call things out of me because guess what? I can't lead where I haven't been led. We see the third point here that I want to go before we're going to get ready to, uh, to wrap up and we're going to get ready to have an incredible time through family dedications is this. We have to see beyond the immediate surroundings. We have to see beyond the immediate surroundings. And, and listen, we, we sometimes what happens is, is we wait way too long to realize that other people actually exist. And you're like, what do you mean, pa Pastor? There's a whole room full of others in this room right now. Yeah, I know. But, but the problem is we, we kind of like, we, we know they exist, but we don't know they exist. We kind of live our lives where you're looking at your calendar every week and you're just like, Jesus, just help me get to see Friday. Lord, if we can just make it through the end of the week. Lord, if I can just get there, hold on. Listen, the fact of the matter is, is we have to understand that if we're too busy, we're not going to actually take a look around and we're not going to have the legacy that you and I want to have. We have to realize that there's other stuff happening. Sometimes you're like, but Pastor Curtis, you don't understand that, like, my life has been messed up. I've gone through some, through some really bad stuff. Like, this person betrayed me, and then I lost my job, and I had to do bankruptcy and foreclosures, and all these things happened to me, and, and it, I, I've, lost a, I've lost a child, and, and this and that and the other. And you don't understand. It's just not fair. I hate to say this because we all have those moments. I have those moments too. <laughs> I have those moments when I get a phone call, when I don't want to take a phone call, when I have to deal with something that I don't want to have to deal with. But you know what? I, when I have those moments, I have the, to make the decision, where's my maturity level in Christ? Is it going to be about me and what I want at any particular time, or am I going to be willing to lay down my life as a sacrifice for others? And you say, well, where's your biblical example for this, Pastor Curtis? Well, it's simple. You can look at Genesis chapter 45, and you'll see Joseph, who was sold into slavery, put in a pit, threatened to die, who'd been beat, had been chained up, to ultimately be put as head of all of Israel, or of Egypt, not Israel, of Egypt, head of all of Egypt. And he actually gets to tell his brothers, guess what? God sent me ahead of you for this reason. How about Mordecai when he gets to tell Esther that guess what? God has put me in this place for such a time as this. As we get ready to welcome here, discover kids into the room. I want to ask if the adults would take a look back at me and not the kids. I promise. I know they're cute. You can hug them and high five them all in just a second. It's going to be good. I want to let you know, and this is perfect timing for me. You know why? Because if, look, if you're in middle school, if you're in high school, if you're in college, can I encourage you? Because I know it's one of those things we would sometimes think, oh, well, God can't use me. I'm just a kid. I'm just in middle school. I'm just in high school. I'm, I'm out of college. It's all, Pastor Curtis, I just want to have some fun. I want to let you know, guess what? A whole room full of kids just walked in that are looking to you as examples. I want to let you know if you're a young adult, maybe 
you're, you're newly married or it's just, just been a few years, I want to let you know that, guess what, there are other young people that are in college, that are in high school, that are looking to you. I want to let you know if you're, think, maybe you say, Pastor Curtis, I don't know, that applies to me. I'm like kind of like towards the middle of, of my story now, like the sun, or maybe the sun is starting to set on my story. I want to let you know that, guess what, you are not done because God wants to use you. There are people around that need you to make a difference in their lives. I want to ask if you would, I want you just to stay seated where you are, but I just want you to kind of bow your head for just a second. I want to pray with you. Then we're going to invite all the families up. I just want to say, Lord, I pray over each person in this place. Lord, if every person that is in this place that, that knows you as Savior, Father God, I want you, whether that's, Lord, whether that's just been a day, a week, a month, a year, whether it's been a decade, Lord, it doesn't make any difference. Lord, can you help reveal to us and put a fresh fire in our hearts to say that, Lord, it is not just about me. I want to lead because I want to leave a legacy behind. I want to lead because, God, you have greater things in store that, Lord, you can make an eternal difference through me. And today, listen, if that is you, I just want to encourage you to allow God to speak to your hearts today about ways that that can happen. Lord, we thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen.